it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks once again for your company. This week, we celebrate the life of someone who's played an extremely important part both in Blind Citizens Australia and in the RPH network. This is an edited broadcast version of this program. If you'd like to hear the full and complete version, you can either subscribe to the New Horizons podcast feed or you can look at the BCA website and you'll find it there. Firstly, we speak to regular contributor to New Horizons, John Simpson. Why are we here, John? Well, sadly, our longtime friend and, as you say, someone directly involved with this program for many years, Neville Kerr, passed away on the 27th of May, Vaughan. It would be a timely occasion to hear about the start of New Horizons in Neville's own words. You might think back that uh, this was in the early days of the RPH service and also the early days of Blind Citizens Australia, as we call it now, and it was felt that BCA should get involved in the RPH service and make take advantage of it. And David Blythe, who was uh, one of the people in the office at the time, asked me to take responsibility for it. Horizons wasn't uh, Neville's first uh, foray into radio. I can remember back before the television days, and I remembered how effective radio was for the whole community in those days. And that's where I sort of accepted the uh, what a great benefit it was. And when television came along, I thought, well, OK, I'm blind. Television's not that much use to me, so let's utilise radio as much as we could. My first actual personal involvement dated back to the 1960s when I was living in Shepparton. The local radio station used to run a series of programs called Harmony Trail. Now, there were a number of concerts, live concerts recorded all around the place. And towards the end of that series, I recorded several of these that were broadcast on the air. And I have to tell you, they sounded terrible because I had no idea of recording equipment. <laughs> had pretty crummy equipment, but that was my very beginning. And it made me realise how little I knew and how much I had to learn and how hard I'd have to work if I was ever going to do anything really worthwhile. So that was the very beginning. And, and of course, from there, he became involved uh, much later with the establishment of the Radio for the Print Handicapped uh, uh, services throughout Australia. Firstly, as part of the uh, active group of blind and vision impaired people who lobbied so hard to get those services up, but also in a very practical sense. We had an idea of what we wanted, but we had no monies and virtually no expertise. I remember at a meeting, uh, we were talking about building a control desk and a reading desk. Who wants to volunteer? No voices came up and someone said, well, you can do it, Neville. I said, I don't know if I've got the skills. And someone said, well, at least you know which end of the hammer to hold, which is about all I did know. We designed and constructed these things, so they were a forerunner for uh, what is now uh, in the RPH service. So when I first started to work with Neville would have been in 1986 when I became Executive Officer of then National Federation of Blind Citizens of Australia. Neville always understood the value of radio and in particular of experience and of hearing from people directly. So he would cart quite bulky recording equipment around, sometimes to do descriptions of, of, of major happenings, sometimes to interview key people to our annual conventions to uh, capture the proceedings uh, and, and use those in the radio programs and elsewhere. Uh, and it was always done from this motivation that radio was such an ideal medium to convey not just the 
cold hard information but the atmosphere uh, to a listening audience who were greatly appreciative of, of uh, his efforts at the time. I'm travelling on a number six tram now which is about to arrive at tram stop number 27 in High Street, Paran. Now it stops right on the top of a railway bridge and we're just alighting from the tram now. Turn left and we're walking across the railway bridge. And as we approach the other side of the bridge, there is a pathway which leads to the upside of the Paran railway line. Now passing the corner of the building to the NFBCA. And as we approach the front door, there are tactile tiles on the pavement so that you know immediately when you've arrived at the front door. Let's go inside. Neville, welcome to our new address, 87 High Street, Paran. We're going to go back a little bit further now to hear Neville's description of part of a trip that he and a group of uh, people took. Most of the stallholders had all their goods in the sun. Quite a lot of the stallholders had just a, a few cane baskets on the ground uh, with their produce in, with uh, the sun shining on it. However, we found a stall that was in the shade and he, he sold us some fruit that turned out to be very nice. However, in some places, the fruit and vegetables weren't even in baskets, they were just lying all over the ground, and it was seen to be impossible to get past without squashing bananas and various other things, and I'm not quite sure what some of them were. And also, in the same market, there were fishmongers selling their fish. Now, the fish was lying on the ground in the hot sun. This is, this is fresh fish, not packaged in any way at all, just lying on the ground. So, needless to say, we didn't buy any fish. For something around close to 20 years Neville was the live host for the evening shift from 7 to 10 on 3RPH on a Wednesday night and of course that was on top of the work uh, that he was doing to produce the NFBCA program uh, which of course was not only uh, uh, interviews and, uh, and live recordings but it was actually producing it and distributing it on reel-to-reel uh, -reel tape and Neville used to copy eight editions of the program every week to go to the various stations around Australia. So the physical part of what Neville did on top of the creative work was just uh, uh, amazing. And to sustain it for so long uh, was uh, uh, a real credit to Neville and uh, the work that he did, the dedication that he put into radio, uh, both in relation to 3RPH and the RPH network, and of course uh, to Blind Citizens Australia and our weekly program. There were 1,147 episodes created. That's a huge number of episodes. Let's hear from Neville now as he describes why he stopped doing the program and how things changed from the time that he started doing the program until he finished. Now, 1984 was prior to the uh, development of the internet. Now, BCI now has, of course, an internet where people can have online chats and access all sorts of information. Also, the audio magazine Soundabout wasn't going in those days. So currently BCA has the, the internet and all its features. It has Soundabout, it has Blind Citizens News, Aspirations and so on. But more broadly than that even, in those early days I deliberately tried to do interviews uh, in a random pattern with other organisations like the Royal Victorian Institute for the Blind, the Association for the Blind, Guide Dog People, Royal Society for the Blind in South Australia, RBS in New South Wales and so on. Well, I'm pleased now that all of those or most of those organisations have their own regular weekly programs, so I don't have to worry about that. And also, most of the RPH stations now have their own programs that focus on disability issues as well. 
So there's lots of avenues around now that weren't there in those days. What did Neville do for his career? Neville worked as a switchboard operator and receptionist uh, for a company that was called National Insurance. Uh, From memory, it was something like about 34, 35 years he worked uh, with that organisation as its face to the public, largely, of course, because uh, telephone communications, again, were different in those days. Now, John, we know that uh, Neville was a Braille reader and that he was totally blind for much of his life, but he didn't start out that way. No, John, I had a fair amount of sight when I was in my uh, teens. When I was about 18, it started to deteriorate. When I was in my late 20s, it had gone completely. So I've now been blind for, oh, I don't know, totally blind for about 35 years or so. I went to the Royal Victorian Institute for the Blind, and uh, I think that was a good school, but my education was very basic, so hopefully I've learned something since those days. Neville finished doing Horizons in uh, 2006. What happened from there on? Well, of course, part of the reason that Neville... Uh, concluded not only his work with the BCA radio program, but more generally his radio work, was that he lived with Parkinson's disease for the last 25 years, 30 years of his life. Uh, And of course, that uh, became progressively worse. I understand that there's a group in Melbourne called the Old Timers Radio Club, and this group uh, meets in a private home from time to time. Uh, And at their meeting in April, uh, Neville, uh, although very uh, debilitated with his Parkinson's at that stage, was able to attend that uh, that afternoon function and spend time with many of the people that uh, uh, that he had gone to school with uh, and spent uh, and had contact with throughout his adult life. In 2003, the organisation honoured Neville with the David Blythe Award, which, for those who don't know, is the most significant uh, recognition that BCA offers to people who make a substantial contribution to improve the lives of Australians who are blind or vision impaired. And now let's hear from somebody who worked with Neville for well over 30 years, Stephen Jolly. We used to have a segment um, just before nine o'clock called Presenter's Choice. And Neville made great use of this time. One time in 1985... He put to air a broadcast that he had recorded in his living room with his brand new compact disc CD player. So he demonstrated for us listening what these new CD things were all about. He built very good relationships with his team members. He had some very good friends because he inspired them with his broadcasting. Um, the, Neville was also very reliable and loyal. He, his loyalty and dedication was really very, very strong, more than just about anybody else. Um, the other thing is his style of broadcasting was very consistent and it was very radio. He really did go into people's homes with his conversational radio um, and that that struck me all the time. Now, you did ask me about, in my role as manager of the service, well, the strongest things about that were his, his dedication, his commitment. Neville, Neville broadcast as, as one of us, as a member of the blindness and vision impaired community who understood what radio could do and really stretched it. And he would have made a lot of friends over the airways that way. 
In this week's programme, we've been recognising and celebrating the life of Neville Kerr, who died last week at the age of 82. If you'd like to contact Blind Citizens Australia, you can call 1800 033 660, 1800 033 660. Or you can email bca at bca.org.au. That's bca at bca.org.au. I think this week it's appropriate to give the last words to Neville Kerr. I'm Neville Kerr, and if the good Lord's willing and the creeks don't rise, I'll join you again soon. We'll achieve the realisation of a dream. Of our dreams